Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Senior Living Today. I am pleased to have Jason French, President of Western Reserve and Browning Masonic Community here with me today. Jason, thanks for joining me. Hey, Alexandra, excited to be here. So earlier this season, we broke down uh, the different care levels offered at senior living communities. So today we're gonna dive deeper into the types of communities available and what makes them different from each other. Um, so before we jump into this conversation, Jason, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your background and how long you've worked in senior living? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up in senior living quite literally. My first job at 14 years old was as a dishwasher. It also happened to be at our Browning Masonic Community Campus in Waterville. So uh, that's a campus that my my father ran at the time. So I'm kind of what I consider a senior living uh, brat or a senior living junkie. I've grown up in the industry and, uh, and absolutely love it. So uh, I started there as a dishwasher. Um, worked in the uh, in the maintenance department. Uh, that's how I learned how to change out um, sinks and to cut in rooms and do all sorts of fun stuff in the maintenance side and even worked uh, uh, with the nursing department uh, while they were typing all the policies and procedures when that Browning campus became an assisted living. So uh, I've kind of done a little bit of everything in, in senior living and long-term care with the exception of being a nurse. Um, so uh, yeah, that's kind of my background. I've been doing this now professionally uh, for about 15 years now. So you've really spent a large portion of your life in this industry. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, even from while I wasn't working, you know, I think my father started at Browning when I was like seven or eight. So literally, you know, I I don't know anything other than, than senior living when it comes to my work experiences for the most part. Well, then you're the perfect person to be here talking with me today. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with standalone assisted living apartments. Uh, what kind of services are included with these and who might this type of community be the right fit for? Yeah, so a standalone assisted living community is a assisted living community that's not connected to a skilled nursing facility or a rehab center. So they have one level of care. It's licensed um, to a degree. Um, not they, they aren't able to provide as much what I would consider to be heavy care, like two-person transfers. Some will use assistive mechanical devices like Hoyer lifts. Um, But, you know, there's some hallmarks that are pretty strict um, that, you know, can and cannot happen in assisted living. One of those things happens to be, you know, direct feeding assistance. Those are kind of the regulatory differences between, you know, a healthcare center or a skilled nursing facility and an assisted living. and, you know, there are they serve a really great purpose, you know, in a lot of spaces, there might not be a healthcare center, you know, nearby that has an attached assisted living. Um, so there's, you know, pros and, and cons of that about, you know, not necessarily being in a continuum. Um, but, uh, you know, they are they serve a really great purpose in our space um, and they're more plentiful. Uh, they're, they're, they're less regulations about how many are allowed to be in the state of Ohio. So they certainly are showing up in larger quantities than skilled nursing facilities today because there's um, it's it's kind of like skilled nursing light. So um, there's healthcare that's happening. There's also socialization that's happening. There's dining programs and nutrition that's happening. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, that middle road need for a senior that needs um, some assistance. And, and there is a huge wide variety in our space of what those services are. 
Um, you know, there are assisted livings that are really more social model and they've got meals and they do a little bit of nursing uh, that's in there. And then there's others that are more care centric and, and focused. Um, so the assisted living world runs this huge gamut of really being almost independent and needing a little bit of help to really being, you know, very close to needing more physical support like what you would have in a skilled nursing facility. So since you mentioned um, kind of being in between independent living and, and skilled nursing, let's lean more towards the independent living side. Uh, so 55 and up communities are something that we hear a lot about in our space. So what is included in 55 and up communities and who is this the right fit for? Uh, what services aren't included with this? Because this one's a little bit different. Yeah, so a little bit different when you're in a 55 and older or a traditional independent living that might be um, a standalone senior living community that is just independent living. When I say just independent living, there's also similar to the assisted living world, a wide range of what's being offered and not offered. Um, some 55 and older apartment complexes are, um, you know, a maintenance guy, uh, an administration person, and maybe a housekeeper and maybe a life enrichment team member. Um, they'll have some programming for resident engagement, um, but very minimal. And, you know, those are sometimes more efficiency style, uh, one bedroom, maybe studio um, spacing in some of those standalones. Now, there are newer ones that are getting larger and, and have more of a condo feel as opposed to an apartment. Um, so, there, you know, there's that there's that type of community out there. You also have the senior 55 and older that's attached to an independent or an assisted living. So you have a little bit of a continuum that's happening there. Um, the services range in such a broad spectrum to, you know, some have meals included, some do not have meals included, some have programming where you can get, you know, uh, assistance through like a local meals on wheels and some, you know, other things that are there. Um, so there's all sorts of in that IL world. And that ranges all the way out to, you know, being in a continuing care retirement community, which is what we have at our Springfield and our Western Reserve campus for independent living where you've got that entire continuum that's attached to that, that you could, uh, you know, take advantage of those services uh, all along the way. So the next thing we're going to talk about is a common term used for senior living in our industry. And it's a term I'm not particularly fond of, uh, but that would be a nursing home. Uh, since it is common terminology, can you explain what a nursing home is, what services are offered, you know, from long-term care to short-term rehab? I know you touched on a couple of those things lightly earlier. Can we dive more into that? Yes, and I think the, the you know, yes, the, the term nursing home certainly has uh, not a great connotation in general in our society today. Um, you know, folks think about, and the things that come to your mind are, you know, housing and taking, and, and not so much care and what compassion is happening, but you know, we're just, this is just where old folks go and they have no other place to be. And that's really not, you know, how, how the industry really is um, and really how it should be. Nursing homes or healthcare centers or skilled nursing facilities are spaces that, um, you know, where folks typically need um, a little more physical help that, you know, maybe they need help with transferring. So things like a Hoyer lift or a ceiling lift system um, or a lift, which we call a sit to stand, which someone's able to sit, you know, at the side of their bed, but then they need a machine that kind of goes around them and with a staff assist can help lift them up to stand. But then once they're standing, they're good to go. They can use their walker, get down the hallway. They can transfer into a chair if needed. Um, so 
in total, it's probably a little more, the best definition of that is a little more uh, hands-on assistance that's needed than, than what would normally be available. Uh, but also inside nursing homes or rehab centers is there's always an, an in-house therapy team that's there that you know might be a contracted company but it's there all the time and they're working on um they're, and they can be working with people with cognitive deficits and, and other things and, and there's a huge also broad spectrum of what specialties are out there in the nursing home world there are some facilities that or spaces that really only focus on short-term rehab and their primary focus on is taking folks from the acute world that might have some type of fracture, a, a, a um, uh, congestive heart failure or CHF that wound them up in the hospital with an exacerbation and really need to work on, you know, getting better and get home. There's some that have a memory care focus that specialize in Alzheimer's and dementia. And, men, and, and in most cases for those specialty spaces, you know, they are secured. So they have, you know, a, a lock system that's on there that uses a key code for staff and for family members to be able to gain access to. And yes, it is a confined space, but when, you know, the primary safety concern for someone with Alzheimer's and dementia is wandering and that's really why they couldn't stay at home because maybe they were getting up in the middle of the night and walking down the street uh and getting into unsafe spaces you know and it's not a confinement like you know that that, that you would think it's really in a, a way that we can have a space that they're safe in that they're um, able to have still access to the outside all with internal courtyards and things of that nature and have access to the outside but but really to um really to um, to make sure that they're safe and they can have the movement um, and to have the freedom to move around in, in a manner without uh, without putting themselves in, in, in harm's way. So there's a ton of different variation in between there and, and each building can be very different from the next. And while the basic tenets of providing care handling medication administration, providing services, social services, certainly end of life services across that span as well. Um, the, while, the, while the core is still the same, there are, is oftentimes some specialty that's happening inside those communities um, in general when you're, when you're talking about, you know, nursing home or skilled nursing. So you touched a little bit on memory care. And if, as if things weren't already complicated enough when it comes to all the different types of communities available, uh, something we find in memory care is that there is assisted living memory care and then there is skilled memory care. So can you talk a little bit about the differences between those two? Yeah, that's a really great, great question because we run into this all the time on a, on a daily basis with folks coming in and trying to get an understanding of, you know, what services are available and, and explaining that. Um, because you can have Alzheimer's and dementia memory care services being provided to you in assisted living. It can also be provided in a healthcare center or nursing home setting. Um, the primary difference for that in, in most cases still comes down to the amount of physical care being provided for that individual in that space. And while and it's certainly regulated in assisted living, um, there's definitely balances between different organizations, between what they consider to be a service they can provide in assisted living and another what they would provide. 
So again, it, it's probably not, it's probably clear as mud when it comes to, you know, what's available and the choices. But in the assisted living world, things like Hoyer lifts, um, where you're using something to physically lift someone and feeding assistance are not typical things that you would see in assisted living. There are some communities that do through hospice services, you know, kind of get into that area, but it's, it's, it's not really the norm. Um, most of the time when you are in a uh, healthcare setting, the skilled nursing component is where you need that heavier help um, for that. The other thing that I would add into that too, is that sometimes it's also a financial scenario for that where many assisted livings don't support um, Medicaid where in skilled nursing um, that there is dual certification. And so Medicaid, when it comes to folks who do not maybe have resources um, in the general world um, would be able to be the, the state or the government, you know, kind of makes up in a kind of a subsidy for that. And, and there's not as much of that. In fact, there's very little of it in the assisted living world. So sometimes the variation in that can, can also tend to be on, you know, uh, payer source and, you know, the need on whether or not in assisted living, it's private pay typically for 95% of the beds that are out there. Um, and then there's more available resources from a financial need in, in skilled nursing. So I think that's the other thing, too, that can be a real big driver and difference for that. So the most comprehensive setting that we have with senior living communities, which would be a CCRC, which stands for a Continuing Care Retirement Community. Um, I know this is something that we've talked about on this podcast a few times before, uh, but Jason, can you explain how ACCRC is different from the other types of communities and why this might be a more desirable option? Yeah, absolutely. So the the easy answer for this on why continuing care, care retirement community is the best option is that it's the easy button. You know, once you've made that choice, um, you don't have to go out and look and, you know, if mom, dad, or yourself are in independent living, and then, then there becomes a need for assisted living, you know, you don't have to go out and go look again and say what services are available because you've already made that decision one time. And then, uh, you know, once a need change has happened, we're talking about moving apartments, not moving locations. What happens when that happens is that you're then inside your community of choice to begin with. So all of those things that are happening whether it's, you know, how food is prepared, the relationships you've made with the team members that are there, your neighbors, all of those things stay intact when you're in a continuing care retirement community. Because when you move from independent living to assisted living, um, or let's say you have a spouse who's in independent living and then they were together and then uh, maybe mom or dad needed some memory care services. Being able to keep the family intact in one location um, and stay together while the one is getting whatever care and services is needed is huge. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons why we made the decision, you know, 10 years ago to add memory care services to all of our campuses because we had families that were having to split up because it was a service line that we didn't have. So we saw a need that, hey, this is something that's not going to go away. We need to, in the long run, to be able to support our community members and the fraternity to be able to offer that. So I think the main difference from, from a CCRC or continuing care retirement community and maybe a standalone or even a standalone assisted living and skilled nursing or an IL and an AL, there's probably at least one more location move that happens 
somewhere along that line. Um, whether that's, you know, they need to have memory care services, so that causes a move from traditional assisted living or uh, a healthcare services need, and it's beyond what the AL is able to provide. Those are all things that, you know, that causes a whole move. That's packing up an apartment, that's physically moving yourself or mom and dad, reestablishing in a new space, being the new kid on the block all over again, where in an experience like ours, you know, your location changes, but your experience and who you're there with does not. And I think that's probably the one of the biggest things about the, the positive of being part of a continuing care retirement community. Um, so something that we hear people talk about um, is a CMS star rating when looking at communities that offer skilled services. Uh, Jason, can you explain what that star rating is and why it's important when looking for the most appropriate place to move a loved one? Yes, the CMS star rating, which stands for Center for Medicare Services. Um, so that's the kind of measuring stick for all healthcare centers or nursing homes across the country. Um, so that five-star component takes in a ton of information. It takes in data that we turn in about, you know, the care that we're providing, what's actually happening to the patients we serve. Uh, it takes into account your staffing numbers and what, you know, how many patients there are you're providing care for to how many team members are there. Uh, it takes into turnover into account, which is a new thing. So how much of your staff has stayed from the last time to now? Um, and it also takes into account um, your annual survey. And in our space, we get surveyed by um, CMS or Center for Medicare surveyors that come in and say, hey, for a week, we're going to live in your building. We're going to talk to your team members. We're going to talk to your residents. We're going to look at your operations. And then, you know, they're going to find things that may or may not be wrong. Um, and then, you know, we might get a citation that we might have to correct along the way. Um, so that CMS star rating is, is, is important because it's a measuring stick across the entire platform. And it's really a good place and tool to start for families or individuals who are looking at uh, nursing homes or skilled nursing facilities for placement, either for short-term rehab or for long-term care. So as we close out today, what questions would you advise families ask when trying to determine what type of community might be the best option for their loved ones? Yeah, I think number one, finding out what those communities have to offer and more importantly, what they don't offer. So ask those things about service that you can find out, you know, do you provide uh, transportation uh, availability, either for charge or for free. I think the other thing that people forget to do is to think about is how convenient is this place going to be for the family member or, or the person that's going to be spending the most time with that. Um, if the space is inconvenient for that person that's going to be visiting or that decision maker, it is going to add stress to the situation you know, no matter what. Um, and really looking at those things about location, service level, those are all really important things that I don't think people pay attention to, especially the location, about how much more convenient it is to go visit mom when you're on your way home from work or dro after dropping off kids at baseball practice to be able to get to her for that 15, 20 minutes than it is to, you know, even being 25 minutes away, that's almost an hour out of time just in transit to get back and forth. So, uh, convenience to the individual or individuals that are going to be spending the most time with that community member is really important too. Well, Jason, I want to thank you again for joining me today. Um, I also want to let all of our listeners know that for our last episode of season two, we will be answering your questions. 
So if there is a topic that interests you or that you want more information about, please email us that at omhmarketing at omcoh.org uh, with your questions and send those in by November 15th. Uh, thank you all for tuning in today. As always, be sure to like and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And we will be back again in two weeks. Mm -hmm.